Welcome back to Lawless Ladies. I'm your host, Ellie. And I'm Jenna. And today's Lawless Lady is a doozy. Ooh, I'm excited. A big doozy. It's going to be a Lawless Ladies first. Ooh. And I'm super excited. But Jenna, first, have you ever had a crush on a teacher or like maybe a coach in school? Yes. In high school? Yes. My soccer coach in high school is pretty cute. And then a professor in college, and he was the reason I went to the class. Oh, he was this hot European dude teaching oh, history. Oh my God. I actually forgot about the college professor that I also had a really huge crush on. But I had a high school teacher that I was madly in love with. Uh-oh. Frankly, I wasn't alone in that. So just it wasn't just me. Let's all call the girls were yeah. all over him. We'll just call him Mr. H. Okay. Or Mr. Hunky. <laughs> but he was funny and sophisticated, like super handsome. And I just thought we had such chemistry. Uh oh. But I was delusional, clearly. <laughs> like what kind of chemistry were you and your teacher having in the Oh, I'll tell you. It was all in my mind. Oh. It was all in my mind. So you were going to he was married. Janitor. He had kids. He was not interested in children. <laughs> so you weren't going to the janitorial closet in the middle of the day doing some nasty things? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Phew. No, 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 no. He was happily married with children, he talked about them all the time, and I was a child to him, essentially, which was the right way of things. It's the right <laughs> way of things. We hear stories all the time about inappropriate relationships between adults and children, and mostly it's like male teachers hooking up with young women, which also happened in my high school. So I had a couple of male teachers get in trouble because they would go to the high school parties, like the senior parties. A teacher would go to a senior party? Yep. And he ended up sleeping with a friend of a friend. Shut up. Yeah. It was like a whole fucking scandal. It was kind of crazy. Did they get caught? Yes. Oh, phew. Yeah. They got caught. And I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly, there was something where it was three male teachers and they were wrote this play or something. There was something weird where they wrote something as a joke, a comedy thing, and it was like about sleeping with students. And then they found out it actually was true. Oh my gosh. Mm, yeah. I believe, in all fairness, I'm pretty sure the students were at that point 18, but still. <laughs> Summer going into college. I think so. Where you had already. They were graduated. like graduation okay, parties. That's a little better. Is it? But is it better? They, they, you know, they had been waiting for you to turn eighteen. Yeah. That's disgusting. I know. That's gross. It's actually filthy. And today's story <laughs> is gonna is gonna be a little bit of that. Ooh, I can't. It's wait. a lot of that. So this story is about a woman who fell in love with her thirteen-year-old male student. And she just refused to let the law get in the way of love. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. What is her name? I feel like I know this woman. Today's lawless lady is Mary Kay Letourneau. Yes. I've heard the story. Yes. Our first felony sex offender of the season. Dun, 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 dun. Not sure about cheering for that, but yay. I guess. You know, look at us broadening our topics. Yeah, well, I really wanted to talk about this story because it's so rare to have a female sex offender full stop. But this story is just crazy. Yeah, and it, it like came out when we were younger. So I remember hearing about it mm-hmm. happening in the moment. And then 
I feel like there's like a documentary or a movie that recently came out and it's back in the news again. Yeah. So actually they say that Netflix's May, December, that film that just came out on Netflix is loosely based on this story. Yes. There's been a number of stories. There's a lot of Lifetime movies. Oh, yeah. Lifetime about it. loves a heart-wrenching story about sexual yeah. abuse. They love taking a media headline and turning it into an hour and a half trash film. It's it's really fantastic. I, I did watch the movie with Natalie Portman and... It's very May December. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's on my list. I didn't, I didn't get to it because I wanted to actually stick with the facts and not get too, yeah. not mix in too much of Netflix's. That's a good idea because the usually those made for TV movies are they twist a little bit. Yeah. They're not 100% accurate. And I think May December is influenced by, yes, not it based is. on. It is. So it's, you know. But I I do plan on watching that after this. I just wanted to get yes. the story now told, to. getting all the facts, and then I'm going to probably do that later tonight. But anyway, so I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to paint you a picture. We are returning to the time of Lisa Frank, Trapper, oh, Keep- yes! Trapper Keepers, Boy Bands, and the beginning of the internet. Hell yeah. yeah. 90s. That's right, folks. We're headed to the 90s. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenna, what was your favorite part about the 90s? Oh. Or the, growing up in the 90s? The music. There was so many good hip-hop yeah. and R&B jams yeah. from the 90s. Oh, yes. And top of mind is Usher right now since he's at the Super Bowl. Woo. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm biased, and I think we're probably biased because we grew grew up up in that that era. But I do think that, like, it being a kid in the 90s was so much fun. Everything was, like, bright colors. We had the rise of pop stars and pop tarts. (laughs) Severe inflation, I guess, too, was there. But we didn't really care about that. Because we were children. Because we were kids. I just felt like kids could be kids then. We didn't have any idea of, like, how to do our makeup. We were creating cringeworthy content on VHS. (laughs) And we were getting, like, kicked out of the house and had to use our imagination most of the time. Imagination. (laughs) For example, I used to pretend to be a Power Ranger battling the roses on my mom's rose bush outside. I managed to destroy them all if anybody was curious i was a really good power ranger in my mind i love that and what, what color power ranger oh i just mi- i was all of them all of them <laughs> of course you were i just did i was a rainbow you power ranger rainbow <laughs> just all of the skills all together yeah. you had them all my mom didn't appreciate the skills because they ended up killing all of her roses yeah, her poor roses i know i didn't listen i was i didn't our brains weren't fully f- developed like your brain you know i just thought you were a very creative little girl yeah that was trying to find something fun to do. Right. And if you're not going to give me any parameters, I'm going to let my imagination run wild. I have literally pictured you like doing chops and kicks at these. Girl, I got, I used to have this stick. I think it was like the broom, you know, like the old broom sticks that you would screw into the actual brush. Yes. What was wooden. I had one of those and I was like, with that, like I was doing actual like martial arts tricks in my mind. Again, this is all in my mind. And you looked amazing. My neighbor probably saw a very different, very different expression. But anyway, anyway, that's what we were doing as kids in the 90s. I think it was fucking kick ass. And I don't know if you were like a big fan of school. Jenna, did you enjoy being in school when you were younger? Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I was a total nerd. I 
was a child of divorce. So for me, like school was my safe space. I found a lot of encouragement in school. I still remember my favorite teachers from elementary school. Shout out to Mrs. McDonald and Mr. Mulkern of Seabrook Elementary. These teachers made me feel really safe and secure, and they truly believed in my success. So school was my home away from home. And I was incredibly lucky to have the teachers that I did have. They never abused the close relationship that we had. Unfortunately, that's not always the case, like today's story. So Mary Kay Letourneau was, at the time of her crime in 1997, she was 35 years old, and the teacher of her student slash victim, Vili Falau, who was only 13 years old. Disgusting. 35 and 13. 13? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you a little a little detail of Mary Kay Letourneau and how she grew up and her childhood because I do think it's important and kind of feeds into the reasoning behind this whole scandal and maybe her mindset Why going through this, this whole situation. So Mary Kay Letourneau was born Mary Catherine Schmitz on January 30th, 1962 in the small town of Tustin, Orange County in California. She was a fourth child and first daughter of John and Mary Schmitz, who were both devout Roman Catholics, so much so that she referred to their Cadillac as the Catholic Cadillac. (laughs) They were known in town for being very Catholic. John Schmitz got into politics when Mary Kay was about two years old and quickly became a budding politician in California. He was a staunch conservative, really far right wing. Of course, Roman Catholic. (laughs) Yeah, kind of comes hand in hand usually. And he was quite successful despite or maybe because of his open homophobia and traditionalist values. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So give you an idea, one of the quotes from John Schmitz to media publications while he was running for office. He said, they like to be called gays, but I prefer to call them queers, Mm. was his quote. Yeah, this was the 70s. This was California in the 70s, Orange County, California in the 70s. So it was actually very Republican in that time, very traditionalist. So in 1970, he won a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. And then he even ran for president in 1972 for the extremely right wing independent party. He didn't win the election because he was running in the independent party, but he didn't win, but he did amass a uh, 1% of the entire nation's popular vote, which is pretty, pretty high, high for an independent. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So he took 1% of the entire voting population, like were for what he was believing in. So it's pretty huge that your dad ran for president and that he got that. That's huge. Yeah. So her family was probably in the public eye for some of that yeah maybe not as much as now today in this era but in the 70s probably definitely yeah they were they were definitely known around town and now nationally yeah because he was honestly one of the more successful like he it was a success story to get that amount of people to vote for you Mm -hmm. in a presidential election and then her mother mary was a traditionalist as well She kind of would have to be to be married to good old John, Johnny boy. She was a stay-at-home mother who openly campaigned against the Equal Rights Amendment of 1972. The Equal Rights Amendment would guarantee equal legal rights to all citizens regardless of gender. So her mom was against that. Her mom was against that. Ew. Against it. So she just 
believed that the women's women had a specific place in the home. Yep. And especially when it came to legal things that women shouldn't be in charge of finances because they just shouldn't. That's a man's job. That was kind of her mother. It would seem her campaigning was actually quite successful because the amendment did not pass. So in this time, they want they put the amendment forward. They had to get two thirds the Senate to vote for it to pass the amendment. She campaigned and campaigned and campaigned, went on talk shows, went on these things using the popularity of her husband, who had just ran for president in the same year. And she she was influential. So she got it to not pass. Well, not her alone, but. It ended up not passing. And to celebrate it not passing, Mary put up a cardboard tombstone with E-R-A written on on it in their front yard. They were both kind of dicks, frankly. (laughs) Like, her parents were kind of dicks. And... Let's just take people's rights away from them. Like, yeah. What? That's yeah. so ridiculous. Because of what my religion tells yeah. me, that a woman's place is in the home. If you choose to have that, go right up ahead. But yeah. don't force other people to do that as well. That's right. where I get pissed off. Yeah, because it's just it's just stupid. It doesn't, it doesn't affect you. Stop taking our rights away from us. Stop taking our rights away from us. (laughs) Anyway, Mary Kay was always closer to her father than she was to her mother. Mary admired her father deeply, and he would often bring her with him to work in the Senate when they were living in Washington, D.C., When she was younger, she was this blonde-haired, brown-eyed girl that was really bubbly and energetic and so well-behaved. And so he would bring her into work with him. However, life in the Schmitz household wasn't all roses and rainbows. It's definitely not rainbows. Those were too gay for John Schmitz, obviously. (laughs) So when Mary Kay was only seven years old, it's reported that her brother sexually assaulted her. Oh, no. That he showed her his penis and he fondled her. Uh-oh. Interestingly, in interviews when questioned about this incident, Mary Kay often brushed it off, like downplaying the incident. And she said, I quote, I was not forced into anything, but when I decided it was wrong, I said no. And guess what? It stopped. Unquote. Oh, okay. Well, good for her that it stopped. Yeah. When she said no. Yeah, for sure. But in my mind, that shows, given what she ends up doing in her adulthood, to me, she was able to downplay the, those that experience and kind of maybe even just shove that trauma down yeah. and say, it was nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. Because I feel like she probably would have gotten that from her parents, too. Yeah, it almost feels she thinks it's okay because she said no. And that she it's like she thinks that the child has free will to say no and then things end. Yeah. And it's almost foreshadowing her situation. Right. You know, that, oh, they, they could have said no if they didn't yes. want to be in that situation. Exactly. That but, was my thought. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it's, to be fair, it is it is quite common for children to experiment sexually. They are learning and everything, but I believe her older brother was, he was quite a bit older, so, eh, I don't know. And that was not the only tragedy to befall Mary Kay in her youth. In 1973, so right after her father lost the election, 
and were in the public eye still. Mary Kay was only 11 years old. She was supposed to watch her youngest brother, who was three, while John and Mary hosted a backyard party. According to reports, Mary Kay suddenly realized that she didn't know where Philip, her brother, was. She alerted her parents and the adults searched for Philip and they found him unconscious at the bottom of the pool. Oh, no. He did not survive. Oh, sad. Yeah. So 11 years old, she was told to watch her brother. She messes up and her brother ends up dead. Oh, that's so traumatic. So traumatic. So Mary Kay, who she was just a baby herself, she completely blamed herself. And she felt that her parents also blamed her for his death. Yeah. And even the best parents, I think that it's hard to not blame. That would be... But so also hard. the parents could have been checking, too. It's yeah. not just her fault. But I, I totally see how I would have blamed myself, yeah. too. The police reports quote Mary Kay as saying repeatedly, I only turned away for a minute. I only mm-hmm. turned away for a minute. Oh, poor girl. So, yeah, the immense guilt that she must have carried from this unresolved trauma, I can't even imagine. But I... I can see a pattern in her tendency to sweep difficult things under the rug and difficult conversations away from herself. So, yeah, there's definitely families that also do that a lot. And so you see that patterns of behavior and then you do it, too, in your own life. Right. Yeah. I would imagine the conservative, highly religious families tend to do that. Yes. A little bit more frequently. From the documentaries I've seen about some of these cults and and extreme religions, that is a common thread through all of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I was saying, it was something she also likely learned from her parents as well. When Mary Kay was a teenager, so like in her first couple of years at Arizona State University, a scandal broke out about her father, John, who was at the time teaching at a community college. He was found out to have been having a nine-year affair with his student, Carla Stuckel. Oh, I was thinking it was going to be a man just uh, because he's so homophobic. I would have loved if it was a man. <laughs> but, okay, so it's a woman. Yeah. But still, in, the, in Catholic religion, the family... Marriage is that's all extremely sacred. Not only was he having an affair and breaking the vows of his marriage, he also had two children out of wedlock with Carla Stuckle. Yep. Two. So he didn't even stop at the first one? He kept going? Yep. Kept going. And both of which John refused to support financially at all. Disgusting. Did his wife know that he had these kids? Not during the not during the time. It broke out from media outlets because basically Carla Stuckel was being investigated for child abuse because they found one of her children had like a hair that was wrapped around his penis, which can have like hairs can get into baby's diapers and that can cause infections and stuff. But according to the doctor, it looked like somebody had tied this hair around the baby's penis. And yeah, so that nothing was proved. And actually, it ended up in the courts that she wasn't ruled to have been abusive and she got her children back. But she was struggling under those accusations. And because they kept asking, who's the father? Who's the father? And so she had to tell them that it was the this state senator. <laughs> who's well known. John Schmitz. Who's yeah. not financially supporting. So she wasn't getting child support right. or anything. And she had a lot of 
very serious health complications. She had diabetes that she was really struggling with. She had to work three jobs to take care of her two oh, kids because she wasn't getting any money from him. So even after the first kid and you weren't getting any money, why would you continue your relationship with him? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. The love of the dick. Yeah, just I guess <laughs> there's a lot of instances in here where I'm going to have to remind our audience that no dick is worth the level of trouble. Sorry, Bob. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But just show of hands, who's surprised that the staunch conservative who built a platform of traditional family values ended up being a hypocritical piece of shit? Anyone? No, no hands are up. Anyone? <laughs> no one? No, no one. Not, not a one my person? Hands, my hands are straight down. Right? <laughs> I'm sitting on mine. Yes. <laughs> So most people in the public eye condemned John Schmitz, but his daughter, Mary Kay, who always had such a soft spot for him, she blamed her mother. (laughs) She blamed her mother. Her mother drove him to go sleep with this other woman. Yes, she said that her mother was really cold towards her father and her mother was not sexually providing for her father as is the wifely duties like how would you even know that first of all and second ew yeah well she was making that assumption she's like well my mom's really cold so she's she probably wasn't like and clearly if my dad is straying it's because my mom's doing something wrong so that's and she was like 18 19 like with these thoughts so she has very traditional thoughts as well and the fact that the man's right and yeah well she's been brainwashed that way right in the way that her mom was so strongly against equal rights for women and like saying no no no, this is what a wife is supposed to do and so that just gives you an idea of mary Kay had some problems like Mm -hmm. clearly she seemingly dealt with these complications and the stress of the breakdown of her family with partying and drinking She became quite the party girl at Arizona State, which I hear is not hard to do. (laughs) Arizona State is like top one or two party school in the U.S. Still to this day, which I find (laughs) really funny. But she was drinking. She was hanging out with boys. And she eventually met her first husband, Stephen Letourneau, at a frat party. And she always said about Stephen, like to her friends and her close friends at the time, that he wasn't. Mr. Right. He was just Mr. Right now. That was her terminology. But she was, you know, she enjoyed his company, but she didn't really want to marry him. She just was like, he's fun. But she thought he kind of had a wandering eye. It was just he was a party guy. So she was a party girl and they just liked partying together. But what happens when you party together and you're Catholic and you're not using condoms because they're not allowed in the Catholic religion you get a baby you get a baby so yeah so she ended up falling pregnant with her first child in 1985 despite knowing that Steve was not the man for her her parents pressured her into marrying him of course they because did. of the baby you can't have a baby out of wedlock no you can't those are- oh but they could Oh, yeah, her but parents the dad could. could. Yeah, dad but she could. couldn't. No, 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 no. That wasn't allowed. So, bullshit. Yeah. So she was like, well, okay. So she dropped out of school. They wed and then they moved to Alaska, where Stephen's dad owns like 
some sort of factory where he could get a job. And while they were in Alaska, they were struggling a lot with money because neither of them had finished their degree and were just like he was just working on a packing line for a food distribution company or something like that. Finally, Steve was transferred by the company to Seattle instead where he could get a better job and get promoted and learn the more complicated back end of the company. It was in Seattle that Mary Kay had her second child and began then taking night classes at the local community college to earn her degree in teaching. Great. In 1989, she graduated and secured her first job as a second grade teacher at Shorewood Elementary in Bruin, a sub... I don't think I said that right, but you guys will let me know, I'm sure. A suburb right outside of Seattle. Bruin. Bruin. Bruin, maybe? Anyway. Bruin? Yeah, Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. Spell weird. Anyway, so Mary Kay's true talent was in her relationship with children. She was a gifted teacher by all accounts. She was pretty and soft-spoken. She was energetic and genuinely caring. This is a quote from her, one of her books, said, Before the students left, she said, I made sure I gave them a choice of a high five, a handshake, or a hug. H-H-H. I got it from a teacher at Seattle U, and I did it every day with every student since my first second grade class. It was a way of touching base and ensuring contact, unquote. A way of touching my children. Yeah, <laughs> just <kidding>. also no. <laughs> yeah, so she she really did care about kids, and she was really good with them. Kids gravitated towards her. They had an instant rapport with one another. The kids, as a result, considered themselves very lucky to get assigned to Mrs. Letourneau's second grade class, including her victim, Villy Falau. Dun 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 dun. Was this was Villy the first year she started teaching, or was it a couple years after? Do you know? I believe it was a few years. A few years. So after. it wasn't like it was her very first time right. as a teacher. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah, no, no, no. She had a few years to build up this reputation because even the, like, even the other teachers called her a very gifted ta- teacher. Yeah. And they were so it must have been a few years of supportive. Working, so yeah. yeah, she had a few years, but it wasn't much, very long into her career. So Vili Falau came from a large Samoan family, they grew up in Hawaii. And his childhood was vastly different from that of Mary Kay's, to say the least, honestly. He grew up in poverty, and his father, Lueva Falau, was arrested for armed robbery when Vili was really young. He went to prison, and his mother, Suna Falau, worked overnights at a local bakery to make ends meet. Vili had four brothers, or like four siblings, and so it was just his mom trying to make ends meet. A single mother, really. And his father was just a terrible influence altogether. He was married five different times. And he's the kind of guy who bragged about fathering 18 children by different women. Ew. I think after 11 kids or something, then you don't have to pay child support or something weird like that. There's like a rule. Yeah. Because that makes sense. Yeah, right? Like you just have to just have that many. You get to stop paying. Oh, my God. The fact that he could have 18 children. 18 children. And he spent like a really long time in in prison. prison. So So how 
how he found the time. He was efficient. Yeah, he was just... Well, I guess maybe they had that in common. Clearly, none of these families used protection ever. Like, were condoms just not a thing in the 90s? I think they were. But (laughs) his father's shameless infidelity seemed to have rubbed off slightly on the impressionable Villy. As in school, he was known to get the attention of his female classmates rather easily. He was very flirtatious. And he kind of became like a little mini playboy in his own right. Like, as much of as a 10, 11, 12 year yeah. old could be. Like, but you know, just one of those, he was just like a smooth talker. Yeah, you em- emulate what your parents mm-hmm. are doing because you see that behavior and you assume that's normal and that's yeah. what you should be doing. Yeah. So at a certain point to his his friends at school, they were they were basically saying, you just think you can get any girl in the school. I bet you that you can't get Mrs. Letourneau to, oh. to like you. And he bet the $20 that he could and certainly won that $20, didn't he? So the Falaus lived in an impoverished part of Des Moines, Washington. It was nicknamed Rat City on account of all of the rodent-infested homes. Oh, sad. Yeah. But Billy had a special artistic talent from a really young age. He was likely using that as a means to cope with his troubles at home. Some artistic expression. Highly recommend for anybody who's going through trauma. But it was that talent that really drew Mary Kay to the 12-year-old Villy when he became her student in 1996. Yeah, that child drawing animations and things like that. Ooh, it's so hot. Turned around. So hot. So Mary Kay established an extremely close relationship with Villy, encouraging him to apply to art programs and spending just much more time with him, often driving him home after school or inviting the Falau boys over to her house where they could be seen by the neighbors drinking or smoking outside and seemingly with Mary Kay's permission. Drinking alcohol? I be- yeah, I believe so. What? Yeah, because the neighbors' days are bad, right? Exactly. The neighbors were complaining because the Falau boys are always over and out on her porch, like smoking cigarettes and all this stuff. And yeah, so. and it was apparent that they established a close bond. Like the other teachers and students noticed this, but mostly they assumed that Mary Kay was simply mentoring him, and that Villy was a teacher's pet. Yeah, like she felt bad and he had yeah, a tough he had a, home and right. she's just trying to help him out. That's what everyone would assume. A yeah. normal human would. And and that's what Mary Kay would say. She was, That's what she was telling her husband. That's what she was saying to fellow teachers um, that she's just really trying to get his art. Like she sees a special talent and she just wants to nourish him. But some commented that their interactions were less like those of an adult with an elementary student and more like that of two adolescents flirting. Yeah. Over the summer, when Villy turned 13, their relationship continued to grow to the distaste of Mary Kay's husband, Steve, who was angry that she seemed to be paying more attention to him than to the family's finances and marital issues. Mary Kay has four kids with Steve at this point, and she's just, like, inviting the Falaus over, feeding them, like, taking care of them. And Steve's just like, hey, could you look around at our own children and maybe take care of them maybe take care of them maybe take care of me but their relationship and their marriage had been deteriorating for a long time Mm. by some accounts steve was cheating on her had his own infidelities and was always working always away which is why the fallout boys would be able to come over yeah and he probably was 
gone, so you didn't see them as frequently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they did file for separation in 1996. The impending divorce seemed to only push Mary Kay closer to Villy. She suggested that Villy take art classes at the same community college where she was studying for her continued education credits over the summer between his sixth grade and seventh grade. They would attend the school together and often get dinner after the classes together sharing with each other intimate details about their lives and ultimately as mary Kay puts it quote falling in love ew yeah from the crime library websites crimelibrary.org great website denise no writes in october 1996 an excited mary Kay phoned her friend michelle reinhardt jarvis to tell her that she was in love according to if loving you is wrong quote she practically gushed into the phone, spewing out adjectives and descriptions of the most wonderful person in the world. He was the person that she had been searching for her entire life. She'd found the perfect love. There hadn't been any sex, she claimed, but they were considering it. Unquote. A seventh grader. Yeah. Thirteen-year-old. Thirteen-year-old. Yeah. So a few weeks later, Mary Cage told her friend Michelle that she was pregnant and it wasn't Stevens. Wasn't Steve's. Um, Reminder. What did her friend say about Eddie? Does it say what her friend said? This is just like. Her friend was like, she said. what? Huh? Because she wasn't telling her friend that it was a, child. a 13 year old boy. She was just saying, I had an affair. I'm pregnant with somebody else. It's this man that I was telling you I'm in love with. Yes. So her friend was just like, um, <laughs> um. <laughs> But she wasn't calling the police, yeah, right? Yeah, because she didn't know. Yeah, She didn't know it was 13. But as a reminder, Villy was 13 years old, and Mary Kay was 35 at this time. Disgusting. Filthy. And were any of Mary Kay's kids the same age as Villy? That's a good question. I didn't look into their I, children, but I think one. I think they must have been around. I think around. they have to be, because she had four kids. Yeah. And I think the first one was born in 85, so I have a feeling that her right. kids were around the same age. Yeah. At least one of them had to have been. So gross. So gross. <laughs> it gets worse. This is another quote from the book, If Loving You is Wrong. Apparently, Mary Kay told Michelle, quote, he dominated me in the most masculine way that any man, any leader could do. I trusted him and I believed in him and in our future, unquote. No. Yeah. You really have to think about the mental place of a 35-year-old believing that a 13, like a 13-year-old Jenna, how many 13-year-olds could you describe as being dominant and masculine? Oh, none. None. That is so none. Because also, I didn't think about when I was in high school and how immature the guys were that were the same age as me. Yeah. So I I couldn't even imagine dating guys my own age in high school, let alone a 35-year-old dating a middle schooler. Yeah. Ew. It's disgusting. No matter what him having masculine energy or dominating, no matter what it is, she still is the adult in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what he said or does, she still had the control. Yeah. And 
she does not agree. And she's never agreed and she never would agree with that. In all the interviews that I've watched of her, because she was quite a media whore, mm-hmm. of all the interviews I've watched, she stands by the fact that he always pursued her. She was actually the victim to this love, but crazy. Did she write a book? I don't know if she wrote a book, but she there's a lot of books. There's a ab- book about, about her. This. Okay. I know like that. that Villy and Villy's mom co-authored a book, but it was only published in France. It was never published oh. in the USA because Mary Kay said that there were facts in there that weren't true. And so if he tried to publish it in the US, she would sue, sue. him or like Even though something. That's her partner yeah either way but (laughs) so eventually mary kay told steve well there's some competing things either mary kay told him which is how she says is like she came clean but what steve says in his interviews is that he ended up finding love letters between the two of them and journals that entries that she wrote talking about the pregnancy and that it was villies and not like steve's oh my gosh yeah so he like found those and then steve went over to villies house so this it's just crazy to think about this 36 year old man has to confront a 13 year old about his quit wife. sleeping with my wife yeah exactly <laughs> it's just oh my god you just imagine this 13 year old it's just yeah I did it fuck you terrible so yeah so it came out Steve found out and then her parents found out and naturally, her husband and parents were not supportive at all. Even her mom, who was a diehard pro-lifer, told her to get an abortion. Wow. That's how against this she See, was. when it happens to your family, abortions mm. are okay, I guess. Yeah. Weird how Weird that works. Conservative Weird conservative Strange. I mean, I think another piece of this, Steve and Mary Kay's parents were both, oh, a little racist and and he's Samoan is Samoan so the other reason that Mary Kay obviously had to tell Steve is that there's no way that this baby's gonna come out looking (laughs) like Steve who is blonde hair blue eyed what all American white guy kind of thing you know Mm -mm. so not not the best but again Mary Kay paints this in her mind as something completely different we're in love why are you guys upset it's just who cares about age we love each other so weird it's like well I came I came clean to you Steve and it's like no you fucking didn't <laughs> oh my god okay anyway so Mary Kay insist, was insistent that her true love was this 13 year old boy and that no one could tell her that they were not meant to be together not one person nope so news of the pregnancy spread to family friends who then called in to report the scandal to child protective services Good. and this was in february of 1997 so this was almost six six plus months into the affair it took six months to call the cops That's- well they called right away when they yeah, heard the news totally but they had been Together. Mary Kay and Billy started their sexual relationship over the summer of 96. So So at least she technically wasn't still his teacher, but still. That's what she also hammers on. Anytime she was questioned in interviews being like, this was your student. She had a huge issue with the tabloids printing that it was her student because she's like, he wasn't my student. Neymar. He wasn't my student. He wasn't your student for like three months. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Anyway, 
You're just missing the point. Okay. <laughs> Whew. This, you're getting this story, I swear story. to God, because children are supposed to be protected and you're a teacher and you're supposed to protect children and you are a fucking groomer. Mm-hmm. And I just, we'll talk about it. <laughs> so Steve filed for divorce, obviously. Good job, and, Steve. Yeah. Good for you, Steve. And then promptly told Mary Kay that she could go to jail for this affair. Yeah. Hey, by the way, my divorce attorney told me that you could go to jail for this. And Mary Kay responded, no, no way. Because it's love. It's Why love. Why would they put me in jail if it's I'm love? I'm not doing anything Love can't be wrong. It was like her mentality. So in interviews with Mary Kay, including the AE crime documentary autobiography, Mary Kay Letourneau, Mary Kay insisted that she didn't know that she would get in trouble. In the most Delulu of Delulus, she legitimately thought because Vili had pursued her that she could not be criminally charged. However, she also says in the same interview, when asked about their first kiss over the summer of 96, that Vili had asked her, quote, what would you do if I came over and kissed you? And Mary Kay had responded, quote, only a coward would ask. Unquote. Wow. Yep. So she was definitely encouraging this relationship from the beginning. She just kept emphasizing it was love in these interviews and that their sexual relationship, quote, felt natural. Just, I can't. (laughs) I just can't. The amount of interviews I had to watch with Mary Kay just spewing this bullshit was like, it really... Uh, if you're in for getting a little sick to your stomach, I recommend watching interviews with Mary Kay because it, it really is fascinating to see the mental hoops she's according yeah, to. Yeah, she convinced herself that it was okay. Yeah, it crazy. But that is not, however, how the law saw it. Thank God. So in February 1997, after the call to CPS, Mary Kay and Villy were questioned by the Seattle PD regarding their relationship. Okay, good. Mary Kay, in this questioning, didn't think she'd get any more than like a slap on the wrist. That They were just curious. That They just wanted to know about it. Maybe she would lose her job. But she mentioned she didn't care because she was in love. She was in love. She mentions in interviews that during the questioning, all she was thinking about was how she needed to be able to teach the next day. So she just wanted to answer the police's questions. She didn't even get a lawyer. She just wanted to answer their questions and go home so she can prepare to teach the next day. <laughs> and the police had to be like, no, no, bitch, you are going home. That's not what's you're not going to go back to the school. No, no. Yeah, we're going to put you by more children. Yeah, no, you're not allowed. You can't. OK. Billy, on the other hand, even at 13 years old, seemed to understand the severity of the questioning a bit more than Mary Kay. At first, he tried to protect Mary Kay by downplaying the relationship, admitting to being boyfriend and girlfriend, but minimizing the amount of physical contact between the two of them and insisting that he loved her and he wanted to be with her, that he wasn't a victim. She wasn't pressuring him or making him into a victim. But eventually, with just a teensy bit of pressure from the police he admitted to having sex with Mary Kay but he said it was just like one or two times which he later admits in interviews that he actually lied to the police and that they had sex a lot more than that but he didn't want her 
to lose her job or go to jail. So he was protecting her because he loved her. Yeah. He did admit that Mary Kay was pregnant with his baby. Mary Kay, visibly pregnant, was arrested that same day in February 1997. And thus, the media circus began. And there it began. Yes. The media picked up the story and fucking ran with it. Yeah. So overnight, the story spread like wildfire, which was kind of crazy because, again, this is Mm pre-internet. So this was just news reporters coming from all over the country, television reporters. newspapers, all of that. All of it. Here was this attractive teacher who, by all accounts, was an all-American woman having a full-blown affair with a child. And she'd gotten pregnant by him and was keeping it. Do you think it would be different if she was an unattractive teacher? In terms of the media, (laughs) I feel like it probably wouldn't have gotten as much coverage. You think so, yeah. But it was like, because you think of it, maybe it, it just, she didn't seem to need to be a predator to get, to oh, have man. an affair. Yeah. It's the fact that she's attractive and she was kind and she had a whole ass family and Flowy she's supposed blonde to, yeah, hair. She, yeah. In the 90s, they were fucking obsessed with people with blonde hair. I swear <laughs> to God, if you had blonde hair, you'd easily get on the news. Oh, yeah. Like everyone was putting sun in and their hair. Yes. Lemon. Lemon juice and the Leo in the sun. Did that. All the brunettes turned in orange. Oh, God. It never worked for me, though. No, it just stayed brown. Dark brown hair. Not not, going to happen. (laughs) Not going to happen. So it was the first time in Washington State and likely the U.S. where we saw a teacher-student affair where the gender roles were reversed. Mm -hmm. You know, they'd been used to being like, oh, another male teacher. That probably wouldn't have gotten as much coverage at all because it was more common. But here they were like, what? Let's follow her around and just cover this nonstop. What was worse was that they were both claiming to be madly in love with one another, which, again, was very weird and rare. But um, when I was in middle school, I was madly in love with Nick Carter from the Backstreet yep. Boys. And I thought if I met him in real life, he was going to fall madly in love with me. You're just not in the, the same mindset as yeah. a 35-year-old woman. Right. Right. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought Lance Bass and I would make a great couple. (laughs) Well, now he's gay. (laughs) Shout out to Lance. Not now, but... Do you ever change your mind? (laughs) Doesn't he have kids and a husband? Yeah, no. He's he's perfectly happy, and I want him to stay that way. (laughs) But I I thought the same thing. Like, you're delusional when you're that young and in love. And it makes sense that Billy's just, I'm in love with her. Because he he lost his virginity to her. It was his first sexual experience. All of these things. Again, he comes from a really broken home. It makes sense that he would feel that way. Yeah. What doesn't make sense is that Mary Kay would be like, what are you guys talking about? We're in love. That's just weird. That's just so weird. And the fact that the news outlets, they were thinking it was odd, but it wasn't so much as a in a condemning way on yeah, Mary like Kay. They were showcasing it, but it wasn't like they were talking. It didn't seem like they were trashing her as right. much as you would think they would have right. done. Just my memory from that era, like living it, it was 
Whereas I think they would have trashed a man in exactly. that situation, too. So. Exactly. That's why I wanted to t- talk about her, because it's such a weird... Like, it's just... It gets worse, though. <laughs> Mary Kay and Villy were ordered to have no contact with each other while the prosecutor's office filed charges and prepared for trial. In Washington State, when someone is charged with a sex crime in vi- involving a child, they are automatically remanded to jail to await hearings. Good. So you're not allowed to be on bail. You're not allowed to be out. So Mary Kay and her next door neighbor, David Girk, as her lawyer. He was actually a lawyer. He wasn't oh, just like her like, neighbor. Oh. I realize how that sentence sounds. <laughs> but no, he wasn't he was a neighbor. He was he was a lawyer and then her neighbor. <laughs> so and boy, did he have an uphill battle yeah. with her. Because Mary Kay insisted that she didn't do anything wrong. He knew that he couldn't take her to trial. The evidence was just too stacked against her. They both had admitted to it. And her Delulu nature was just too plain to see. So in Washington at that time, sex offenders had two options for punishment, essentially. Either they were sentenced to prison or jail, depending on the count of their offense, for a maximum of 7.5 years. Or they could get a community sentencing option called the Special Sex Offender Sentencing Alternative, or SSOSA. So a, I'll just call it SOSA, a SOSA may be granted in lieu of a prison sentence under certain conditions and requires some jail time without patient treatment and community supervision. And what's interesting is I looked up the statistics for how many times the SOSA alternative was utilized. And there's this chart that I found that showed basically in the 80s and 90s, they start they introduced this and they started using it a lot more frequently to not clog up jails, I guess, with sex offenders. But after this case in 96, it drastically dropped. And now today it's very, very rare that you would be able to use this program. So I think her actions through this might have had something to do Probably with Probably did influence it, but also it's good to get sex offenders off the streets. Yeah, too. and I do think we have a lot more information now and understand more about how traumatizing like molestation and sexual assault is for children and it was also interesting looking up the statistics state by state there are so many states that it's still just yeah you just get five years in jail now washington state you can get up to life in prison okay for having sex with a child are there different did you see in your research like different states that had higher rates of child sex crimes or, or I did, did you not look that I up? I did not okay. look that up. Yeah, I, I did not look that up. I wanted to find the statistics of punishment for women who mm-hmm. are charged with sex crimes versus men, but those statistics were also really difficult to find. Probably, like, yeah. There's, there's not a data. fewer. I'm trying to find these statistics. I wish we could just, maybe we should try chat GBT in it. I yeah. I don't trust it. <laughs> but I love Chat GBT. I love Chat. Sponsored by GBT. <laughs> so Mary Kay's lawyer suggested that to save her and Billy's family the embarrassment of the trial and trying to fight it, that she would plead guilty to two counts of rape of a child in the second degree. And the degrees, fun fact, are based on the age difference. So had Billy been 12 years old or younger, it would have been rape of a child in the first degree. But because he was between 12 and 14, it's second degree and gets less punishment. That's so gross. If you're 14 and above, it's third degree and less punishment. 
So the maximum for second degree was 7.5 years. That still seems kind of short. It's so low. So low. So low. And then you also add on this diversion program, the SOSA. That's just like, why do you even have, why do you even have that in the first place? Why do you, anyway. It's hmm, it was very frustrating looking at now the- we're we're just gonna have to put chastity belts on all children yes because stupid adults can't keep their goddamn hands off it's of cra- them it's honestly crazy it was weird seeing too their the statistics show that sex crimes have have increased they've gone up so anyway good times America <laughs> he was hopeful that she would be able to get the Washington Sosa option. Mary Kay had a clean record, after all, and her lawyer believed that she'd be a good candidate for this. However, in order to receive the Sosa punishment or kind of route, they had to prove that Mary Kay was amendable to treatment, quote, (laughs) meaning that she had to have some sort of medical condition that wasn't pedophilia that could be treated. So her lawyer lined up a bunch of experts while Mary Kay was waiting in jail for the sentencing hearing who would testify that Mary Kay was not a pedophile. So she had to get tested a bunch of times to see if she was a pedophile. And because she only loved Villy and didn't show a chronic attraction to children, that's apparently in the legal definition of pedophilia. It's she's technically not a pedophile and doesn't she, fall under that clinical definition because she's just in love with this one because but it was who just knows, the one. Like it could, she could have fallen in love with any little boy right like he's nothing special just because right. he's a little more flirtatious well jenna it's, you ha- you haven't seen his art jenna okay <laughs> his art, his is art spoke so to her amazing spoke to i her. just couldn't keep my hands off him. she couldn't you know she couldn't the lawyer lined all this stuff up getting all these tests she wasn't a pedophile clinically ruled but she was tested for bipolar disorder and was found to suffer with bipolar disorder. And the professionals testified that six months of being on medication would cure her of this love for Villy. Oh, okay. So that was built into the plea bargain deal. So the lawyer's trying to negotiate with the prosecuting office of what's a good plea bargain, what's a good deal for Mary Kay. But in interviews from 2015, Mary Kay reflected on this whole situation. And she's she said that she knew that she had to, quote, play the game in order to avoid jail time. She, quote, knew what to say to ensure that she would not be sent to prison. She did this because in Washington state, once you are charged with a sex crime involving a child, there is an automatic no contact with minors clause put in place. That clause included her own four children and Villy, her victim. It's kind of smart to have that It is. Yeah, it is. Because you don't know what she's doing to her own children either. Right. And it was also that clause was temporary pending an investigation, pending her like sex offender treatment, all this stuff. Oh, good. Okay. So it wasn't forever and always because she's still, she hasn't been sentenced. She's in hearing. But they were like, just to be safe, we're removing all contact of any minors. Good. While she was in jail awaiting the hearing, she ended up giving birth to her and Villy's daughter, Audrey, Aubrey, excuse me, in May 1997. So she's kind of been in jail waiting for the hearing for quite a bit of time. And that no contact also applied to her newest daughter. And that really pissed Mary Kay off. Her lawyer tried to fight against a temporary clause, but it was no use. It's built into the law. There's no way around it. You just have to deal with it. Her lawyer was able to work out a plea bargain in July of 97, which included only three months of jail time. 
prison time and six months of treatment for bipolar disorder. So she had to stay on the medication for six months and she would participate in the sex offender treatment program, the SOSA program, for three years. This is an amazing lawyer and... Yep. (laughs) Yep. If I ever get into any form of trouble, I will never get into this kind of trouble. But, you know, you never know what happens. Call up David Girk. He knows... David Girk, you're on my speed dial. David Girk, he's got it. But she didn't believe, and in a lot of the interviews, she shit-talks David for this deal. The fact that she pled guilty and to these she, counts. Yeah, that she had three months in that jail she had three, or prison. Yep, that she had three months in prison, that there were all these conditions, that she wasn't didn't have contact. She was like, had I known, like, I he pressured me into pleading guilty. Yeah, because da, 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 otherwise da. you would have been in jail for seven years, bitch. She's crazy, dude. She's crazy. So in August of 97, a televised sentencing hearing finally took place. This is where the expert testified about Mary Kay's mental health and her ability to be cured, quote unquote. Villy's mother, Suna, who had been given custody of Mary Kay's daughter, Aubrey, testified that her son was not a victim and that they did not want Mary Kay to go to prison. That also is weird. What? It's why would you say that? Yeah. For your child. Yeah. Wouldn't you think she's an awful human that took advantage of your child? No, because you gave her a grandbaby. Oh, grandmothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and Billy had been saying, like, I'm not a victim. This was consensual. Yeah. It was just like I think Suna was, she's interviewed the autobiography documentary I watched too, and she's in there talking about, I couldn't hate the mother of my son's child, like kind of level. Like it was just, it's like all around just weird. That's some weird, they're all having some weird behaviors in this community. Weird, weird, and just like disregarding the effects of this. They're just, trauma doesn't exist. Which was very big in the 90s. Frankly, I mean, nobody there. We know now that there's like all this research and we have Law and Order SBU, but they didn't have Benson back then. Well, they kind (laughs) of did, but they clearly weren't watching her because they would have known like how traumatic this is and how much this was like. Yeah, you just shove all the feelings and trauma down and then move on. And I mean, Suna, from a financial perspective, was probably like, no, she said, get out and have take this fucking baby. Because right now I have my own children. I have to support that. And now I have to support a fifth kid. Fifth kid because the custody couldn't go to Villy because he was too young. Yep. Because he was a child. Because he was a child. And that didn't ring any bells for anyone, apparently. So anyway... Suna testified, don't send her to jail. She needs to take care of this fucking kid. (laughs) And then Mary Kay was finally able to make her statement of remorse. And she said, quote, your honor, I did something that I had no right to do morally or legally. It was wrong. And I am sorry. I give you my word that it will not happen again. Please help me help us all. Unquote. This is what Mary Kay said? This is what Mary Kay said in open court to the Judge Lau, who was ruling over her sentencing. So do you think she's just like, oh, I will never do it again to other people, but I will do it again to him? That's yeah. what I think she's thinking in the back of her head. I think so. I think she, I think this was, she's a bullshitter. Yeah. She's a very intelligent woman. And I think she, like she said, she knew that this was a game. She knew what she had to say to avoid going to prison. So anyway, 
she sniffled as she spoke and she was like fighting back tears and she had this helpless look. But I see through you. I see through you, predator. So Judge Luau, who was a woman, by the way, accepted Mary Kay's plea bargain on two conditions. One, that she gives up custody of Aubrey to Suna and Billy's mother. And two, that she never contacts Billy again. She can have no contact with Billy ever again. Mary Kay agreed to both terms and then was remanded to prison for three months to serve her sentence. While in prison, however, she brags in later interviews that she was sending coded messages to Billy on the breast milk bottles that were being sent to Aubrey. Oh my goodness. She would write coded numbers, codes that they had agreed upon in advance somehow, some point, probably during school and shit that they could tell each other. She was saying, hi, and I love you, just little messages. And her smile when she's telling this on the interviews, like, I wanted to punch her in the face because she clearly wasn't taking any of this seriously. She still didn't think she was wrong. She thought people were just fighting her love story and that they should be ashamed for putting her in prison. So frustrating. Oh, it was so hard to watch her talk about this stuff crazy it was clearly showing that mary Kay was going to do whatever she wanted to do it didn't matter and she proved that over and over and over again she was released from prison in january of 1998 after serving the three-month sentence and she returned to her now empty home in washington because her husband had left her kids had been taken with him to alaska her lawyer recalled in the month of january having dinner with mary Kay, and mary Kay asked her lawyer to his face, hey, do you, uh, do you think the police are able to put a tracker on my car? Because she wants to go see Billy. Yeah. And the lawyer was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, they can. And guess what? They're probably watching you. Yeah. To see if you're going to go talk and touch them. Of course they can. You're not, you're, are you serious? (laughs) So that's when he realized that Mary Kay had no intention of following the rules. No. She would, she like refused to check in with her correction officer, like all this stuff. She was supposed to register as a sex offender within 24 hours. Like she she didn't do any of it. She was just, nope, she doesn't follow rules. She's Mary Kay. (laughs) (laughs) Did her lawyer drop her because of this? No, her lawyer didn't do anything, which was also like, "Mm, well, why not? I wonder if they were, like, friends because they were neighbors before. And maybe, but still, even, no offense, but if one of my friends did something like this, I'd be like, bye! Right? Let me tell you, because in the autobiography, the 2015 autobiography, they interview, it's very favorable to Mary Kay. Almost frustratingly so. Yeah. They're interviewing her friends and her neighbor, her lawyer. They're interviewing everybody around her. And they're all just like painting this picture of, well, it was love. Like they truly did love each other. Yes. That's disgusting. It was disgusting. And it was 2015 when they recorded it. You got to hold your people in your life accountable Mm, to stuff like that. Mary Kay doesn't like that. Mary Kay would not have that. So it's just, yeah, terrible. But Billy was in control. Yeah. It wasn't her. He was dominating me. (laughs) It was all his. This 13-year-old. So her lawyer's already, like, suspicious that she's not going to be following the rules and that she's going to fucking get in trouble. But he was right. 
Not even a month later, on February 3rd, 1998, police were driving around on a routine check of neighborhoods when they saw Mary Kay's parked gray sedan on a side street idling. They pulled up to the vehicle and they could see that the windows were foggy. There appeared to be two people in in the back seat having sex. They lit up the blues and they asked both people to get out of the car. It was Mary Kay and now high school freshman Villy having sex in her car not even a month after she's released from prison. He's only a freshman now? Freshman. 14. Yeah. They recognized Mary Kay right away and took her into custody, despite Billy trying to lie to the police to say that he was 18. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they were like, we know who you are. <laughs> so come on, get in the car. So this violation of her parole really shocked the world and the judge, who frankly did her a solid with the original sentencing. I mean, she just had to stay away from Billy and move on with her life. And again, a reminder, no sex is worth going to prison. None. No, no. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. These, These are people who do not know how to emotionally regulate. So the judge is pissed, right? And she spoke at Mary Kay's hearing, which was only three days after that violation in February. She said, quote, this case is not about a flawed system. It's about an opportunity that you foolishly squandered, unquote. She told, but I will say it does also seem like a flawed system that she that was, she was able, able to even make like, this happen. Yeah. And you got like she could just tell her fucking statement was what six sentences? Yeah. Okay. Well, if I could just get up there and be like, I'm sorry, and then like, of course she's just gonna go and do it again. Of course she is. Anyway, so the judge then vacated the plea bargain because of this Good. violation. And sentenced Mary Kay to the full seven and a half years in prison, which was the maximum for that. I mean, probably should have done that the first time. But what's interesting here is that Mary Kay could have been charged again with child rape for that violation because she had sex that's again. That's the second time, so that's a second offense. Yeah. Well, she already had two counts, so this would have been her third, third count, count of having sex. But because he was 14, it would have been in the third degree, just so you know. Oh, but anyway, wow. fun But fact. they didn't charge her. They didn't her. charge her. Why wouldn't you have? I would have done that because, hey, you fucked us over with this. We're going to give you the seven and a half years. Plus, guess what? You get another seven and a half yeah. for your third time doing this shit. Yeah, I would have done the same. I would have done the same thing, but... The reason she wasn't charged again was because she was pregnant again with Villy's child. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you go into prison, they do a pregnancy test. No. Yeah. So they found out. Yep. She's a real fertile myrtle over here. And so is he. Well, he's only 14. Of course he is. A 14-year-old was so fertile. Yeah, yeah, you get, you're super fertile when you're a teenager. That's why teenage pregnancy is so more common. Yeah, so she, but she's like, She's a, actually 35 year geriatric pregnancy. Technically. Right. She was a geriatric pregnancy with a freaking 14 year old teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So she, and she was really exercising that Catholicism to a T, turns out. Like, nope. Clearly, they weren't using protection at all. Mm-mm. You don't use protection in love, Ellie. Obviously not. <laughs> of course not. So because she was pregnant, the court believed that 7.5 years in prison would be enough. But you know what? I don't. I don't think it's enough. 
I don't think it's enough at all. Do you, what do you think? Do you think it's enough? No, it is not enough. She should be in jail for prison for life. Yes. For, I think it's just it's a pattern of behavior we're seeing. Clearly. And so that's where it's like, you know, after the seven and a half years, she's going to get out and she's going to do it again. Yep. And then they're going to have another baby. Yep. But I guess at that point, it wouldn't matter, would it? Because he would not be he a child be anymore. over the age of 18 then. Yep. So he'd be 21. Ew. Yeah. So in October of 1998, she gave birth to her second child in prison. Her child was named Georgia. And again, she was. it was ruled that she had to give up custody and not contact Villy. But again, she didn't listen. She kept contacting him, kept sending coded messages, letters, calls to Suna to talk about the, quote, baby, but be, really be talking to him. She was often reprimanded for this, including in November of 1999, which is only a year into her sentence, Mary Kay was placed in six months of solitary confinement because the letters she had tried to send to Villy were intercepted by the officers. But it didn't stop her. Like, it never, st- like, nothing stopped her from contacting him from doing this she just clearly did not think the rules applied to her i'm in such shock still i think that she is just she kept doing it she just kept going after him yep kept doing it she was authorized to have supervised visits with her children after a while they realized that she wasn't a threat to her own children so she was actually authorized to have visits with them but i again you shouldn't did her ex steve did he let her see their kids together yeah. or was it okay steve would send the kids like on holidays occasionally they did visit her in prison a number a, a few times but he never obviously came to visit her it was just for the sake of their kids and apparently the kids would call it like mommy's in the far away place is mm-hmm. what they called it. And those poor kids, you yeah. know, like you feel bad for them. Uh, but damn, I, I think the oldest was like was a was a teenager, yeah. was like 16, 17. So like they were they would. I mean, imagine your mom goes to prison for sleeping Sleep with, with someone 13, younger than yeah. you, too. And I'm pretty sure I thought I saw that one of her kids is like the same age or a year apart. Yeah. So that's yeah. just. It's so gross because if you think about it, your children, you wouldn't want your children to be in this kind of situation. So why would you do that to someone else's child? Right. But she doesn't. That, she doesn't think that does, That she's not capable. Clearly not capable. Almost like maybe she's smart in certain ways, but it seems like maybe like her maturity or something is like that of a teenager. Yes. Still. I think she was. I think whether it's from like the trauma, the way that she was raised, those things that happened in her childhood have stunted her maturity, her emotions. Maturity. When I get to the the 2018 interview that she had, which was phenomenal, I you'll see what I mean. Okay, like by what? Well, she's fucking. I'll crazy. be patient. She's fucking crazy, dude. While she was in prison, she wanted to be the model prisoner, despite sending these letters and violating her fucking conditions of her imprisonment. But she started a choir. Okay. For example, she was she was a very talented singer. She started a choir. She was reading to the blind. And she was educating the other female prisoners on legal jargon and reading comprehension. She was allowed to teach a couple of college-level courses to the prisoners, use her teaching degree and all that stuff. This was later on in her her time. On the outside, Villy, who was now a teenage single father of two kids, had to drop out of school, obviously. Oh, no. He was dating, but he still held his love for Mary Kay in his heart. And obviously... 
it would be difficult if she wasn't leaving him alone. Also, I'm sorry, but I'm 16 and I'm not going to be dating a man, another 16 year old that has two kids. Right? Yeah. He's probably not a catch. So he's probably got slimmer options as well. Yeah. But he did, he does admit to like dating other people and that they had discussed it and that Mary Kay was fine with it, that she wanted him to date and experience other things and all this stuff. Bring back new skills yeah. for Plus her. Plus she knew she was going to be in prison for seven years. Yeah. So she's like, you don't have to wait for me, but kind of. Yeah, kind of wait for me. And that's why I think like a lot of these these children were fucking a way to trap him. I don't know. He did still have love for her, but he was confused and wasn't sure if it would still be the same when she came out of prison. Despite that, he did send his daughters, his two young daughters who were like six and four, into the prison to sing a Hawaiian proposal song to Mary Kay, asking her to marry him only weeks before she was meant to be released. So in these interviews, he says one thing that he was like exploring other options and all this stuff and that he wasn't thinking of her. But then like, why would you have your daughters propose to her it was, in that way? It's clearly he was just doing it for show or like to try. And yeah, I think he was still into her. Yeah, yeah apparently. And it, we would be if obviously had two kids together and she keeps sending him like these love coded messages and everyone was telling them that it was wrong. And you know what teenagers love to do when they are told not to do something? Do it. Do it. <laughs> so as soon as she got out of prison, there was another media circus around her release, obviously. And when the news spread that Villy had proposed to her, the firestorm started up again. In interviews from 2015, Mary Kay recalled that she had wanted to stay away from Villy, but that she just couldn't. Is he over the age of 18 now? Yeah. Okay. And since Villy was 21 now, he was able to go to court to remove the no contact order himself so that they could be together. Which Mary Kay probably told him to do. Yep. And so they were. They were together. Mary Kay accepted his proposal along with a contract from Entertainment Tonight to film the run up to their wedding as well as the wedding itself. What? E.T. E. Come on. A high up executive at E.T. contacted Mary Kay and Villy and asked them if E.T. could exclusively cover their marriage. This was still, it, we were in that era where celebrity sex tapes, remember this was Pam early Anderson. 2000s. And Tommy Lee's sex tape got out and they couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Shit like that was starting to happen with the Internet and all of that. And this is disgusting. Yeah. I just can't. Like this relationship was now being funded and touted as this heartwarming love story to the general public because he waited he and waited. he proposed. And it's it was true love. It wasn't child molestation and rape it was love just the yeah this was the early 2000s which again was a very disturbing time if you lived it and you survived that's amazing look at us look at us (laughs) look at us don't look at the trauma don't look at it I just couldn't believe that E.T., this was being funded. And not only that, but Mary Kay and Billy set up a registry on the Macy's website, and that leaked to the press. And within a week, complete strangers from all over the country had purchased everything on their registry and sent it to them with encouraging notes like, we believe in you, and your love is true, and like this, that, and the third. What the fuck was wrong with people? In the early 2000s. This is wild. 
I am in shock. Just imagine for a moment if it was a man, a 35-year-old male teacher who, quote, fell in love with a 13-year-old female student. And got her pregnant. Little girl. And got her pregnant. And then he went to jail and she waited for him and they married at the end of this. Like, that's... And what the... F- what... There was shit like that happening. There was. But was E.T. paying for their fucking wedding? R. Kelly married Aaliyah and she was like 14 and he was over the age of 18 and her parents signed off on it. Yeah, that's got to stop them. That's also what Mary Kay says in her interviews as well. She's just like, well, if we we had been married, it would have been fine. If I could have married him, it would have been fine. And she says things like the law, like she uses legal jargon to basically get away, get out of the morality of what she did she just refuses to admit anything that she did wrong yeah you know roman catholics you just go confess your sins and you're wiped free and it's just crazy so their wedding was filmed for national television by et et paid for her wedding dress which was created by a really well-known washington designer Actually, just crazy. E.T. had set up metal detectors at the entrance of the wedding to stop people from bringing cameras and phones because they knew that those photos could be sold to the competing tabloids for six figures easily. Everyone wanted to know about Mary Kay and Villy, and they wanted to celebrate this love story. Not one journalist was like, wait a second. You know, so Billy and Mary Kay became like media superstars and a lot of documentaries. They were even on Larry King Live, like all these interviews lined up in the media. So much support. All of this was disgusting because they ended up married in the end. It all seemed like too easy to dismiss the literal crime and grooming that was happening. Like it's right now we can look back from 2023 and see clearly she groomed him. Clearly this was grooming. But this. Folks, was the 90s and early 2000s where there wasn't any consideration. And because it was a male child, it was like, well, boys are going to be sexual. They're going to want to do that. Good for him for getting a woman that's older. The gender bias was so strong in this time. And it's weird now to try to look back. But like, why wasn't it weird then? I know. That's what's that's what I'm in shock of. I, I thought I remember feeling it was wrong and weird and i don't remember supporting feeling like we supported it yeah i don't know so many people did so many people did that's just crazy so like they went on all these interviews and the entire time mary Kay was just gaslighting herself and the public often touting that if she was a pedophile like would she have married her victim and she refused to acknowledge victimhood for villy in any sense and so did he he was like no we're in love she brainwashed yeah exactly and so did his mother for not supporting him and saying like this was wrong rape and wrong and she should be punished instead she went to bat for her her. it's just insane so in this 2015 the autobiography documentary she's recounting the story and it's just really telling she takes the victim position more often than not she's always sympathizing with herself that this love just overtook her and she was helpless against it and she never admitted to fault she was constantly citing that because they were in love she shouldn't have been prosecuted like she was and mary Kay even went on to start her own legal consultancy business called 
in Latin, peace be unto you. Right. As uh, a paralegal. She, okay. Because I was like, she doesn't have a law degree. Yeah. So she worked as a paralegal. And then Villy became a wedding DJ, I guess. <laughs> that yeah. was his career yeah. choice. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, if you don't have a high school diploma, yeah. like, you don't have as many opportunities. Yeah. So, however, the marriage was not without its issues. And in 2015, Villy actually filed for separation. Oh, wow. From Mary Kay. Both parties in the 2015 autobiography documentary refused to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Billy was asked in the documentary and he looked and he clearly had either a PR person or a lawyer and they said off camera like we're not talking about that so he was kind of not still being manipulated still, by someone still being silenced and manipulated somehow and no separation actually took place until 2019 but the most wild interview is the one from News 7 Australia, which came out in September of 2018. So after Villy had already expressed he didn't want to be married to Mary Kay anymore, but before they actually divorced. So the tension. It's almost like you're seeing in real like in real time that Villy now understands as a man in his 30s and late 30s, he now understands, holy shit, how wrong it was. Because he's like, if I today in this era with his child, if I would do something to a child that is the same age as my child, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, really fucked. Really fucked. So they actually got divorced? They Yeah, they did in 2019. But I will just do a shout out to this interviewer, Matt Doran, on the New 7 Australia interview. He did a brilliant job of exposing Mary Kay's delusions in, in real time. And in this interview, you can really see like the whole strain in the relationship. And Mary Kay is now in her 50s and has clearly never grown to a place like to understand the damage that she may have caused Villy. And I just highly recommend everyone watch this interview of any of them because it's so fascinating to just see Mary Kay really struggle to force herself through the mental hoops that she'd been touting this for the last two to three decades. He asked, like, do you think you, what you did was wrong? And she was like, oh, how dare you ask that? We're married now. I'm very offended by that question. We've been married for 20 years. Yeah. So what do you think? And it's like, yeah, I think you did something wrong. <laughs> you broke the law. She even says that there were no laws in 1996 that she violated and that she only had to admit to breaking them because Washington state had made the law gender neutral. The child rape law, how it was written, Washington state was gender neutral, whereas in, say, California, for example, it would say if a male has sex with a female, like it was gender. She's saying that if she was in a different state, she wouldn't have been prosecuted because she's a woman. And And the laws were only supposed to apply to men. But get this. This is how it goes full circle. She blames the Equal Rights Amendment that her mother was fought against in the 1970s for the reason why she had to plead guilty and go to prison because Washington made that that law gender neutral because of the equal equal rights. rights. Wow. Isn't that insane? (laughs) Isn't that just insane? 
Wow. Like, so she's more like her mother than she thought. Yeah. And she she can't answer like a single question straight on. She's very defensive. And you just see poor Billy, who who himself he admits that yes, I would have done something differently. I wish we had done this differently. I I do think what happened was wrong. I do think those laws are important to protect children. And she just keeps talking over him. A lot of times he sits there and he's just completely quiet while she's just hanging herself with her own words and he's just sitting there letting her do it. Yeah, there was one of the movies I saw. She was like, yeah, you were the aggressor, right? And she kept saying that to him. So she was like coaching him almost to say those exact words. Exactly. It's sickening. Mm -hmm. Honestly, sickening. I'll put in a little bit of the audio of the interview that because it's just like how she's able to just it's insane. To ask you both whether you think at the time... Mary, you were doing anything wrong. If you knew the personal situation with us and on that side, I I wanted everything to go away. I am like a big peacemaker. And I thought, you know what? We're not going to have this go into a trial because that's drama. That brings in uh, my father. It brings in his family. And no matter what personally happened at between us, mm-hmm. that... Um, as far as those moments that changed everything at those in those moments oh we know we know and the fact that i decided that i as the adult was was going to make this go away and we would all get on with our lives and that i would get back and not even get back, resume. Like, I've got some responsibilities to some children and a marriage to resolve. And for the best of everybody, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to, this is going to just, the least amount of drama, the least amount of harm. Mary, I can't accept that. This goes to the heart of the whole story for me. When you say the best for everybody, what I'm trying to ask is whether it was the best for Villy at the time. I mean, he was a 13-year-old boy. He had a big decision to make. Was it the best for everybody, Billy? To continue it? Hmm. You're saying you made a big adult choice, Mary. I, and I'm not trying to turn this into an adversarial interview. I'm trying to say, when you say you made a big adult choice and made the decision that was best for everyone, was it best for Billy? Oh, you mean... To should pursue I have, this. Okay, so should oh, I, I have... If you would appreciate it, I just want to said, let Billy speak. Can you answer that I, question, Billy? Let's clarify the question, though. You Should I have said not guilty and brought him to trial? No, no, no. Should you have pursued the relationship at all? Should you have walked away? You're presuming I pres- that both I Both of you. It's a question to both it. of you. You were the adult, Mary. Okay. But that doesn't mean the personality makes it okay. so... Here's, here's a, a succinct way of saying it, and I, I appreciate this is a difficult discussion. Well, Vill- I think it's kind of disrespectful that we're married and you're going there. No, 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 because it's the inception. I just want to get that. I just want to deal with what happened at the time. I appreciate that you're married and this is an enduring relationship. I understand that. I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm asking you to, to answer the critics. Again, she doesn't think that she did anything wrong. That the way that she phrases all of that, it's it hasn't, it still hasn't sunk in. No, and she's fifty four, fifty five during this interview. Because 
if she really did fall in love, what she should have done is for his sake, because you love this person, wait until he's 18. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's easy to do something for someone else. Yeah. It's just like the whole interview is like that. And it's crazy. It's actually crazy. I just. <sighs> so that was a disturbing story of Mary Kay Letourneau and how absolutely fucked the 90s and early 2000s were when it comes to trying a woman for a sex crime at all. You could easily say that, you know, I'm in love and that excuses it all. And that worked a lot for her at that time. I don't think, I don't know if, I don't think now it would have the same effect. You can see some other like examples of teachers that have slept with their students. Yeah. there. I feel like I've seen more recently some stuff in like social media and things like that of teachers doing stuff and they're, they're getting prison time for it. It doesn't matter how old a kid looks it is a child still and their brain is still developing they're still figuring out the world you have the privilege and the power and you're taking it away from them by having these kind of abusive situations and i don't even think about when i was in high school and how naive i was to stuff like you think you're so grown up yeah because you could drive and all Uh this stuff but you're not no not at all like your brain just isn't developed and that's just the full stop you can't make these adult decisions and your adults especially your teachers are supposed to be there to protect you and not fucking fall in love with that like just and like the fact that this all stemmed from a fucking bet a 20 dollar bet that villy made with his friends that he could get his teacher to succumb to his charm and she did quite easily like how disturbing how disturbed is her mind i hadn't heard that part of the story until today so that's really interesting i think like um if she if he hadn't had that bet i wonder if it would have even happened who knows jeez he was just so irresistible apparently i want to see his art now (laughs) (laughs) but to wrap up, Mary Kay did ended up passing away from cancer. Oh, in she's 2020. No so she, okay. no, she passed away in 2020 from cancer. And even though Villy and her were separated and no longer in a relationship since 2019, he did apparently drop his whole life to go to be with her, her and take care of her in her death. Wow. So at least now he can start a fresh new life with his two children. I hope so. I mean, who knows the amount of damage he he's, so he has. If you again, if you watch this interview, you can just see that he's a traumatized human that's just now realizing how much trauma he had to endure. Yeah. And that he married his predator. Yeah. And had and was stuck with her. Mm-hmm. You should watch the Mayday movie. I'm going to. Okay, I think that'll be interesting. There's a there's an interesting little spin in there too that I think you'll like. Yeah, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited now that I've done the whole research part. Yeah, this but, was a great story. Thanks yeah. for sharing. Thank you. I hope you guys really enjoyed it, and we'd love to see what you thought. Follow us on Instagram. 
chat with us. Like we we like we like talking. We want to hear from you guys. Other than that, this was the filthy, disgusting, disturbing story of Mary Kay Letourneau, and we hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you in two weeks. On Tuesday. Next time on Lala's Ladies. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.